My name is Tom. This is my my, uh, my partner, Randy. I, I gotta say it that way. I know I almost said. Um, and so we have been together now for 22 years. Oh, because I'll tell you in a second. Oh. Uh, she's confused now. She's like, wait a minute. And so what I want to do here is I want to give you a test. This may be the most difficult test you've ever taken in your life, but that's a little bit of a grand statement. So I'll say this will be the most difficult test you will take today. So here is the test uh, for you, uh, Mandy and Tom. Okay, uh, which one of you... Uh, or which one is Mandy? Is Mandy the husband or the wife? Okay. She's the wife. Yes, yes, yes. And so that makes me the husband. husband. And how do you how do you know that? Just what are some ways you know that? Because I am I am a male. Male. Okay. Yeah, you're good. And she is a female. Right, right, right. It's that obvious. And so, really, as we do Snapchat here today, and we talk about learning styles. I know sometimes we can joke, and that was not a difficult test. In fact, you're like, what in the world is he saying? That is ridiculous. But the reality is, but the the gender differences go far beyond just looking at Mandy and I and recognizing that I'm a guy and she is a, a girl, right? Or that I'm a male and she is a female. Uh, it goes far beyond that. It goes it goes not only in the way we are physically, it goes into the way we think, the way we learn, the way we grow, the way we develop, the way we interact. It, it, is, it is a part of who we are as a whole. And so it is very, very deep into, the, into who we are and how we develop. So today we're going to talk a little bit about different learning styles. And so I'm going to go ahead and throw it to Mandy, and she's going to frame this whole scenario. So I want you to... We're going to do a couple of times this, this morning, still this morning, um, a little bit of pair share. So I want you to get in groups of like three to four, and I'm going to ask you for just like one or two minutes to just share like short attributes first of boys. Things that you know that boys like to do, how you think boys act, how you think they are, and just share for like two minutes right now um, with groups of three or four in around you. Okay, ready? Break up the groups. Go ahead, pass, pass number one right now. Go ahead, get in the group and share a couple of things um, about differences between boys and girls. Just boys, just boys, sorry. Just boys, what are attributes of a boy? Boys, don't overcomplicate it. <laughs> not writing a dissertation on this. What what is something you know about boys to be true? They talk about body functions a lot. Uh, sure. <laughs> my quiet, sweet middle son, my two parts, but like he will laugh his full head off at those words. Oh yeah. yes. You guys funny. Yeah. I would say boys don't stay angry long. Yeah. Yes. What about you guys here? They tend to be internal thinkers. In other words, they think. They do a lot of thinking, but not so much talking. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. What about you guys? Uh, boys like to rough house, be more physical. You in the your group in the back? We said that they like to kind of like be in charge and like be the one that. Okay. Good. Good. Next group. They're less outwardly emotional. Good. Mm. Good. Good. You guys. Protectors, very good. Mm. Okay, you guys were together. Awesome. I'm surprised nobody said they stink. I'm surprised that didn't come up. Boys are usually smellier than, you know. Okay, I just know with our boys, when they take off their shoes, 
it changes the <laughs> odor of the entire house, right? <laughs> 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 okay, all right, okay. 9, 11, and 13 almost. Out of control. And I come home. And then they come home from school, take off their shoes, and it's like, wham. So I'm like, there is, it's like I have to have a rule now. They have to spray their shoes. Have to, have to, have to. So same thing, but we're going to do for girls. Okay. So things that you Can notice I... about girls, things that you notice the way they learn, are pro like okay. all the same question for girls. And go. Back in your groups. Back in your groups. <laughs> <laughs> Talking and Mandy would say things like, "Can we just have quiet time?" 
Stereotypes or being labeled, or we, we get a little nervous of approaching that. But but still, I, I think when we start off in the beginning, we do a fantastic job of recognizing boys and girls. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen any of these gender reveal uh, videos that are out there now. It's such a big deal. So you know, it's, it's always fun if you do gender reveal fails. I did that. There's some really really funny ones where they're trying to pull the string and the box falls off the wall. You know those kind of things. But. But you've seen these gender reveal where they do something, they eat a cupcake, or there's a balloon that explodes, and every time the gender reveal, what, how's that work? If it is pink, it is a girl. girl. Yeah, absolutely. And if it is blue, it is a boy. boy. And so the best videos out there are when there's a little brother who has, is getting a sister, <laughs> and he is bawling, I wanted a brother! Or like, there are so many of them out there, they are... They're classic, just to see kids see the color, and their emotions change. They're, they're fantastic. But think about, think about how many of you guys are parents? Okay. Oh, wow. How many of you guys are aunts or uncles? Right? Okay. How many of you guys have seen a kid before in your life? Everybody's a part of this good conversation now. Okay, so, um, but, but you know, you know how it is. You know, you're, you're about to think about an expecting family, and they're having a baby, and they're, they're getting ready to, you know, they're putting their nursery together, and, and so, but you don't really decorate too much until you know the gender, right? And then once the gender comes in, you're like, oh, we're going to buy this, or we're going to buy that, or we're going to decorate with this theme, or we're going to decorate with that theme, or you think names. Right, you got a whole list of boy names, you got a whole list of girl names, and then you got a handful of names that sit in the middle, you're like, ooh, we could use this either way, right? You know, there's a handful of those names that go either way. But in the beginning, when we approach gender, we do, we do approach them very different. But then as they get older, we, we tend to blend them together a little bit. Mm -hmm. True. Um, so if you don't know us, we have three boys, so yes, thank you. Uh, you can feel sorry for me, but I love what the, way the, the example Mike said when he talked about boys because um, he said physical, right? And I laugh because they're 9, um, 11, and 13 right now, and they do get mad, and they'll hit, hit each other or whatever. But what's really funny is when they're just kind of mad, and they start wrestling around, and it totally reminds me of like a video of little lion cubs or bear cubs are like trying to hurt each other but not really like if one of them really was to try to pull a punch it would hurt but my boys are super physical you know i use this illustration when we talk about gender of uh, toothpaste on a toothbrush so a little boy a little girl brushing their teeth so a little girl's putting the toothpaste on a toothbrush it falls into the sink What's the little girl typically going to do? She's going to put new toothpaste on the toothbrush. What's a little boy going to do? This morning, right? This morning, right? Another one that I like to use, so just to create a picture, especially like when you think of... Um, as girls start really looking at themselves in a different way, think about a mirror and think about a woman and a man. Like when a woman looks at herself in a mirror, she starts seeing the imperfections, the things that she might want to touch up with makeup or the hair that's out of place or something like that where honestly when a guy looks in the mirror, they're like, they want to look nice, but they're all like, yeah, that's good. Hey. Like, I look good. <laughs> <laughs> Do a little pose. Like, there's a joke. <laughs> there's a joke with Tom. Like, you know, the big mom here is like, Tom. <laughs> no. I've never met a mirror I don't like. <laughs> so, we used to go shop and then we walked by a mirror and I'd go. <laughs> and she's like, you just look at yourself in that mirror. I'm like, I kind of did. <laughs> And this will be this will be fun. And I know we don't have to do this. Is just fun to do because uh, I think sometimes uh, we do forget over time that guys and girls do learn different. That sometimes we do have to approach them differently. And even biblically, that the Lord sometimes speaks to us differently in different verses. But I'm gonna. You don't have to get in your groups, but you can. They're gonna have a little activity. You guys are gonna do real quick. Again, you just need some technology. So somebody needs to grab your phone. You can do it on your own if you'll be alone, or you can do it on your 
on your own, but I just want you to go ahead and Google. We're going to watch two videos. Uh, instead of putting them on the screen, just do it in your groups. You can watch them. There's, there's two videos we want you to watch. So the first one, uh, we're going to pick on the females first. Uh, and the first one, you may have seen this one. Uh, the first video you guys are going to watch is called It's Not About the Nail. Have you guys ever seen that one? Yeah, so you guys have seen that before. So go ahead and go to YouTube if you want or Vimeo. It's on, I like the Vimeo link better. It looks better. But uh, it's not about the nail. Just Google, it's not about the nail. You can get in your groups, you can watch it together. It's not about the nail. You can, you can put, they got it. They're on it, they're on it. Yes, yes, this is good, this is good. You guys, use your hands and, see, I'm going to teach like guys. Uh, I'm going to teach you as if you're a guy. And so, uh, what we like to do is do things with our hands. So you guys are going to learn like men here in a moment. And uh, go ahead and grab, grab your phones. And, you can go ahead and play it. And just play it when you want. It's, it's not about the nail, you'll hear the audio, it's okay, it'll, it'll overlap. But it's fantastic, you got to hear it. Everybody's it's, okay. Yeah. it's okay, you're good, you're good. It's totally good. <laughs> 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 yeah, never seen this before. on the guys in the room. Again, it's, it's, it's a little bit less audio, a little more visual, but you guys will enjoy this one as well. Pool, pool ball, P-O-O-L. Uh, the autocorrect. Here, man, we can play it on here. Maybe he has it on here if you guys want. But. <laughs> Such guys right here. This is the way to do it. Such the way to do it. You have to wait for the end. So you you get, yeah, yeah, yeah. You here, here, we've got it here. We've got it here. You watch on this. I'm in. And did just oh yeah, we'll let we'll let them watch. Oh, too good. <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely. I can tell you story after story after story of how true that video really is. <laughs> and the very end when the guy's like, he just needed more speed. <laughs> the other guy's like, I'm on it. <laughs> I'm like, yes. And the other lady's like, oh, there goes my husband, right? That's, oh, goodness, that's so funny. Those are, again, classic examples of really how different guys and girls are. Now, comical examples, for sure. But um, as, we, as we look at 
teaching and training and discipleship and spiritual formation and developing the next generation, it's a shame that sometimes we forget how different guys and girls really are. It's a shame that how we recognize it in all these other areas of our life, how different guys and girls are. When they're babies, how different guys and girls are. But when it comes to when they get a little older, we then begin to merge and blend them together, and we forget how different they really are. Yeah. Um, so we're going to really dig into the nuts and bolts of this session. And um, I, I, I look at this as something that once you kind of think of it through the lens of boys and girls and the way that they learn and the way they absorb information differently, like you can't like unhear that information. Like, you can't walk into an environment with boys and girls and see them acting a certain way because you're going to be able to see it in a different way than maybe you haven't seen it before. I know you as educators, you know these things, but a lot of times even in your classrooms, you're not able to set up environments that are really conducive to the way that boys and girls learn. But, you know, when you talk about the heart, like the longing of a child's heart, um, things that girls long to hear... Um, or the questions that they have in their heart is girls say things like, do you see me? Am I beautiful? Am I captivating? They want to know that they're special, that they're cherished, and that they're loved. I think for boys, it's, a, it's completely different questions that they ask themselves. And I'll also say for you guys, if, there, if you have any questions, feel free to write those down. Yes. Uh, we'll be answering some questions afterwards, but we're going to enter into a little bit of the different teaching styles for us. But the boys answer completely different questions. They, they ask questions like, are you impressed by me? And I say that with my boys all the time. They want, they want me to be impressed uh, by what, with what they just did. Or, or they want it, they're asking questions, do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes? It, do, is it in, do I have inside me what it takes to be a man or to be whatever they aspire to be? Do I have what it takes? Those are the questions that boys ask themselves. Uh, another thing that boys long to be a part of is different is, is they really want to be a part of a, a fellowship. They're, you know, boys are very tribal in nature. They want to be a group part of a fellowship, maybe the fellowship of men. That's why guys like stuff like Band of Brothers and, and all of those types of you know, we, that's just the way we are. We, we, we work in squads and tribes, and that's just, that's, that's just the way we roll. But, um, and I think sometimes in that, we need mentors. We need to, to recognize that. So for me, and my, even my boys, you know, we have to figure out a way to embrace that tribal mentality, but then also show affection, show them, you know, it's, it's okay. So I, I always talk about I express love differently to all my boys, but things that I do with my boys often is when they walk by, I hit them. <laughs> I just do, right? But they know. Dad loves them. How, how do they know I love them? Because when I walk by, I hit them on the arm. And they hit me. And sometimes they run out and they grab me and they jump on my back. And, and then and I'll jab them in the ribs. And we don't even have to say anything. We just go on about our day. But you know what that is? That's us saying, I love you. Love you too. <laughs> and it's just that's the way it is. So it's, it's, it's those kind of, but even, now you can't in church, you know, punch every boy that walks by. You can't do that. I'm not, I'm not advocating for you to do that. Like, just stand there by the front door, you open the door, hey, pow! You, know, you don't want to do that. But, but I think you do over time have to show that type of um, uh, love and care for the kids. So even just the fist bumps and the high fives and the you know, hands on the shoulder and, and those kind of things. You know, it's, it's I mean, there's been times when I, 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 I find myself wanting to do things like, <laughs> sorry, I, I won't do it, but you know, I don't know how many times, like I coach, I coach basketball yeah. kids, you know, I don't know how many times, you know, I'll talk to them, and I, I won't do this here, and you'll know why in a second, but I'll get in their face, and I'll talk to them, and then I'll hit them on the chest two or three times, yeah. right? And it's just those kind of things, where I'll, and I'll rub their head, and I'll be like, you got this, or I'll hit them in the arm, as they walk away, I hit them in the arm, those kind of things, because boys, it's, that's part of belonging for them, that's part of uh, connecting with them, so... So all those things. And then also the verbal affection that we show, the words we say, right? Like, I'm proud of you. I don't know how many times I would look at these little fifth grade boys that are on the basketball team who just missed a shot or just had a turnover and their whole world just collapsed around them. And I said, but you want to know what? You did this really well. I'm proud of you for that. And how it changes their, their attitude, how it changes their perspective. And so I'm proud of you. Even, even stuff like great job or, or, you know what? You're a great young man. You're an incredible young man, right? The, word, the words we say uh, for them. What's, and what's funny, just really quick on that, is 
when I think through the lens of my three boys, I have a living illustration, obviously, and they're all three very, very different. And so when you think of the attributes, you know, my oldest is very creative, but uh, my second one is more physical. My little one is just super funny. Everything's funny. He makes jokes. He loves Weird Al. I'm just, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's but, a good chance he's going to be the second Weird Al, and I don't know what to do with that. That would be amazing. <laughs> but the point of that is, like, my boys, I see them all respond the same way to this type of interaction, which tells us this is the way that boys need to hear that you're proud of them, that you believe in them. Um, things that girls need is sometimes they need that quality time, like time where you're pulling them aside in a group of one or two and just really getting to the to the core of what's what's on their heart. And it's not about they don't want to verbalize, but they just need that perfect, that quality one-on-one -on -one time. They need to hear things that they're beautiful and that they're loved, that they're never alone. Girls want to feel safe and protected. They don't want to feel like they're left on an island by themselves, that there's nobody willing to fight for them, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, when we sit in here, just like, you know, the Assemblies of God, here in Ohio we have like 280 churches. Nationally we have like 13,000. So we know that not every church is the same. And so you have different types of buildings, different types of space, different types of curriculum. So. All that to say what we're going to keep talking about today, it doesn't matter where you are and what your um, space looks like. The idea is that you figure out ways to create some gender-specific environments because I promise you, if you do, the impact on your students will be huge. It almost, I feel like, you know, Angel talked in the last session a lot about mentoring and discipleship. Like, um, you can't really do one without the other and be fully effective. Um, I've heard of it like a wings on an airplane, like you have mentoring and discipleship, and if you don't have one and you just have the other, your kids are not going to have everything that they need to succeed. So when you think through the lens of gender-specific ministry and mentoring a, a woman, mentoring a young girl, and a man mentoring a young boy, I feel like their growth and capacity grows exponentially versus just giving them an extra touch. Does that make sense? Um, so next we want to just talk about um, some of the separate ways and environments, uh, the reasons that you want to do this. And the first one is individual concerns. So um, every girl goes through different things. Every boy goes through different things. Tom's going to go through some of the things that boys struggle with versus girls. Doesn't mean some of it doesn't overlap again, but um, you'll see some significant difference in that. Yeah, and I also want to uh, speak real quickly before I jump into that about what Mary said um, Discipleship environment to make sure that you caught what she had said, and that is that you know so often we say you know someone like us we say up here say you have to have gender specific discipleship environments. Most of the time, our brains automatically go to a weekly small group, and I think what we're saying here today is that would be fantastic, but that doesn't have to be what it is. It could be it could be events. It could go the the you know pendulum could swing. Uh, from weekly discipleship environments, small groups, to events for guys and girls, uh, fathers and sons, and mothers and daughters, and all that. It can even swing to, you know, conversations Mary and I have had recently of just identifying the, the rites of passage moments in a, in a young kid's life. Like even 13, she said, Mike, is 13 is not quite yet. It'll be 13 here in April, you know, but we've thought about it. It's going to be 13. Teenage, like, this is a big deal. So how do we handle this moment for him? And how do we frame him moving into a new season of life? This is a rite of passage for him. And, and you just think through those. And how do we handle it with a boy versus how do you handle it with a girl? But creating opportunities to, to really disciple students in these significant moments of life, these rites of passage moments, uh, and just being aware of that and not miss it. Because if you're not intentional with it, you'll miss it. Right? Life will go by. 20 years later, you'll look back and go, oh, I wish I could have. And you can't rewind time, unfortunately. You know? So we're, just, we're trying to encourage you to be intentional and to focus on just do something. Do something. So uh, let me jump into some of these you know, concerns uh, for boys and, and uh, what, what some of the things they struggle with. Now, so first of all, surprisingly, this kind of shocked me at first when I looked at it, but suicide rates are higher uh, in boys than they are in girls by about 3.5 times. Um, suicide rates are high. There's a lot of pressure on being a young boy. Adolescent boys are also more likely to be victims, and we, this makes sense, of, of serious violent crimes. 
assault, robbery, homicide, those, they're, always, they're, they're more apt to being victims of uh, some of those uh, violent crimes. Also, what I think we have to recognize is the school is an incredibly difficult environment for boys. And I know most of you are ladies in here, and you're probably thinking, oh, you have no clue how difficult it is for girls. And I understand that, but the structure of school is not designed for boys. So not, not only do boys have to deal with the drama of the school and the growing up, but the environments themselves are not designed for boys. But look at this environment here. This is not an environment that is designed for boys. This is an environment that is designed for somebody to sit down, be quiet, take notes. That is not how boys learn, right? That's not, that's not how it works for boys. And so the whole school environment is not designed for boys. We went, I used to have, I haven't here, but you know, when we were in Missouri, we had lunch with my boys all the time. I'd go into school, and the elementary school had what they called a quiet lunchroom. And it was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Now, the kids could talk, but if they got too loud, they'd get on a microphone and go, shh, 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 keep it down, everybody. But it's like whisper talk. Yeah. And I'm like, it is lunch, man. Let these boys run. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm about to get detention. Right? Like, like I'm, I'm going to get clipped down. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, what's, what's going on right now? I'm going to lose some, some points. I don't know. But, but I'm just thinking, and I look at these boys. I'm like, could you imagine you guys probably can't, but could you imagine being a boy and the, just the energy that is bottled up because you just left the classroom where you had to be quiet, and then you got to get in the single file lines, you got to be quiet in the hallway, and then you get your lunch, you say, like, for real? Like, let these boys run, let these boys be wild, what I would say. So the school environment is not, is not designed for boys. It's, it's, it's an internal struggle that they are always going to have because they're also going to feel like something's wrong. Right, because they they want to run, they want to yell, they want to they want to throw something, they want to hit somebody. But you're not allowed. You can't do those kind of things, right? And so when they don't, and also when they don't do well in school, they feel like they're failures, and and they really do. Boys boys need to recognize that they can conquer something. This is a very real thing, even in psychology. Uh, of boys have to be able to conquer something. They have to own something. It's why we even say hurt people hurt people. All right, you've heard that before. For guys, it's because when they've hurt, been hurt, they're so defeated that they have this longing to conquer. So what do they do? They turn to try and conquer something. And we've seen this in our kids. We've watched this. Like sometimes you'll see, in a, you know, one of our kids they're having a bad day, and if we praise one of our other kids, the way they respond to it, right? We'll see it, and we'll go, oh, "Hold on, let's talk about that real quick. What's going on here? Emotion. I understand, but." You know, so you've got to, but boys have this longing to conquer something. And so uh, when they don't do well in school, it just, it just adds and builds on this, I've, I've got I've to conquer something. They've got to find something to conquer. And when they're aiming through life and can't find anything, uh, that's, that's, that's a tough spot for a young boy. So those are some of the individual concerns that boys face. Girls face things like depression. Uh, they're more prone to, doesn't mean boys don't get depressed, but girls are definitely more prone to depression. Um, they also are more likely, by far I believe, but to struggle with their body image, the way that they look, um, the way that others perceive them. Um, like, I know for a fact that I'm not the most beautiful person in the world, what? but I believe wholeheartedly that Tom thinks I'm the most beautiful person in the world. And that's all I need to know. And my boys think I'm the most beautiful person. Because they've seen their dad tell me over and over again, I believe, so thank you for that, but... I didn't mean to do all that. But, ah, my girl right there. Like, <laughs> like, I believe that he feels that way. I have no doubt. So, but girls need to feel beautiful, that they need to feel like, you know, they're accepted. Um, we're going to talk a little more. We're going to give you a, an, an acronym in just a few minutes about boys and girls and, like, literal learning styles. But the different types of topics then, based on the concerns that boys and girls um, need to have addressed, are going to be different. It gives you a great opportunity to talk to girls about body image and about things that really matter to that, that how to pro like what is it like when you feel depressed? How can we um, help uh, do a Bible study maybe on things that girls are going through internally to help them focus in a different way? Even for boys, what would it look like to create some really good opportunities for boys to conquer and to do some amazing things through discipleship and um, doing things with boys? So centering um, specific topics that really tackle the individual needs that boys have and those individual concerns that girls have. And then um, one of the pictures that I remember very vividly, this next point is the um, diminished distractions. 
So when you separate boys and girls, it takes down the distractions that are in the room. Um, one of the really cool pictures that I immediately go to is worship at a girls' event. If you've ever been to a girls-only event or even a boys-only event, the diminished distractions are very obvious. They enter into worship so quickly because they don't care what anybody around them thinks. I remember uh, one of the, I, it was the first time Christy Poole ever led for uh, an event for girls' ministries. It was a teen girl event. And she made the comment, she's like, I can't believe how quick they entered into worship. And it was very obvious. It was because it's all girls. They, they're not distracted by the boys in the room. They're ready to get their worship on. They're ready to get their fun on. Uh, Powette is a great ex example of girls do not care how dirty they are. They will walk around with dirt all over their body, all over their face. They will do things that maybe they would never do in front of a boy because it's all girls. They feel safe. And so when you're able to split them up and do some gender-specific things with them, it takes away some of that distraction, which really can be a very positive thing. You know, another piece of uh, the diminished you know, distractions is, is very true as well. But also, one thing we've recognized uh, in boys is the diminished role models that they experience on a regular basis. That's something that is, is that we've got to be careful of as well because they're just not there. Uh, some stats for you, if you guys are into stats, uh, do you know about 40% of babies born today are born in the single, single parent homes? About 40%. That, that stat's been true for a long time. Uh, and, it, and, it's, and the most accurate, I looked at some research, some study, and you'll find this, you can find it as well. There's a lot of census study out there, a lot of information available, readily available to you. But uh, based on two, six, 2016 stats, they say that 35% of our kids grew up in a single parent home. It's about 24 million kids are growing up across the nation in single parent homes. Now think about that uh, if there are, you know, we don't have the stats on this, but how many of those are single moms with boys? or single dads with daughters, and you think about role models, right? Role models, what's it mean? You know, it's, it's, it's just incredibly difficult. And if you break that down racially, it's it's also in, incredibly heartbreaking. I have the numbers here, I won't share them. If you guys wanna know racially how that breaks down, uh, I have them, but we'll, we'll save the time here. But also when you think, you go back to the role models for men, uh, it's just something that we don't see very often. You can go back to my generation when the Charles, Charles Barkley, and I'm not a role model, you know, statement that mm -hmm. a lot of times people like me remember uh, the whole when he made some mistakes, he's like, I'm not a role model, you know, I'm just a basketball player. Well, you know, uh, you kind of are. And so you know, look, look at the role models that our kids see. And, and uh, when we have a diminished uh, role models locally, what they do is they look publicly for role models, and, and the people that are always elevated or often elevated may not be the best role models for our future, for our kids. Um, you know, you go back to school. Think about our schools. Most of our teachers are female. You think about role Especially models. Especially elementary. Think, you think of elementary school teachers. Yeah, they're, they're, they're female. So how often do, even in that school environment where they're there for a significant amount of time, when I said earlier that this is information that you can't unhear, uh, whenever I see a male teacher or come across a male teacher, I thank them, like from a mom, a boy, and just say thank you for being a role model that my kid can look up to. I mean, it's so important for our boys outside of even church to see good, solid role models that they can look up to. Right, and so maybe just said, think about the church. So the schools, we know that most of our teachers, especially the younger elementary school teachers are, are female. But then go to our kids' church. Go into your kids' church yeah. ministry right now. Look at look at the leaders you have in kids' church. And those, I'm, I'm guessing uh, that we may have more guys than we have male teachers from a ratio standpoint. But for the most part, again, it is mostly female leaders. And so that's, that's something we have to be aware of. It's something we have to work on. Something we have to be very intentional about is recognizing that these young boys need male uh, models and mentors. And let me just add to that on that, this next point, Tom, is that, ladies, I'm going to speak to you for a second because we see a need and we often want to jump in there and just conquer it. So we see that some of our boys need help with something or kids' church needs help, and so we're just going to take it on. And what sometimes can happen, and this has even happened in Royal Rangers from time to time, and not that boys don't boys need women that they can look up to and look at qualities for a future uh, wife and all that. But the point is that uh, they can, men will back off. 
If a woman steps in and begins orchestrating the schedule and organizing everything, men will naturally step back, which causes us to have lack of male leaders in our church, yeah. church and school. Yeah. So you just have to be intentional. As a leader yourself in your church, you just have to be intentional and recognize it. Or you just recognize it. And so because you recognize it, you've got to figure out ways inside your church to bring male leadership. And whether it's a husband and wife team that come in and serve or whatever yeah. it looks like. But th these are things that we have to recognize. Once you recognize the lack of male role models that these young boys have, uh, I think it's our role and responsibility then to, to, to in some way solve that. To provide an opportunity for young boys to find some male role models in their lives. And at the end of the day, we all need men and women that are willing to be role models. We need, we need, we need to continue to train our leaders. If we were to ask what is probably one of your biggest struggles uh, in the church today, uh, I bet that most of you would say, or at least a lot of you would vote for the statement of, we need more leaders, we need more volunteers. We, we totally understand that, right? So this is something you just have to continue to be aware of, something you got to continually pray about, something you got to continue to watch for. It's one of the reasons why I used to say stuff to youth pastors all the time, we say it to kids pastors too. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes we make is we spend too much time with kids or teenagers. Right, some of my best youth leaders over the years, I found because I wasn't hanging out with teenagers, I was hanging out with adults. I had conversations with adults and went, oh my goodness, you'd be a great youth leader. They'd say, no way. Yes, absolutely. I'd take them out to lunch the next thing you know. I used this illustration the other day about a specific youth leader. Uh, so I'm sitting down and I was talking about it and he's a, he was at that point 60-some-year-old guy, loved music. I'm like, oh, you'd be a great youth pastor. Or, I mean, a great youth leader. Long story short, he comes in and did the whole thing. He becomes one of our best youth leaders. So I use this illustration with our kids' ministry team. So in that room were a bunch of students that I was their youth pastor for, because uh, we're back at our home church, so it's fun. And so then two or three of them said, oh, yeah, and, and the guy's name was Bob. Bob taught me how to play guitar. Oh, yeah, Bob. And so in that room, they were all recognizing what Bob was as a leader. Now, the only reason Bob ever became a youth leader was because I stopped hanging out with teenagers, and on Sunday morning, walked around and talked to adults. Sometimes kids pastors or kids leaders need to stop hanging out in the back of the church and need to appoint a leader to help you with that one and go hang out with some adults because that's where you're going to find your leaders, right? You're not going to find them with nine-year-olds running around the room, right? you got to go out there and spend some time with adults. So you just have to be intentional and go after that. That was actually that was in our notes. I'm sorry. No, that's good. <laughs> I love this. So if Bonus you want, material. <laughs> you can write down G-I-R-L-S and B-O-Y-S if you want to write down just some practical things that hopefully you can remember. If you remember nothing else, maybe you can remember these or write these parts down. But one of the ways that girls learn, something that girls uh, require, is they have a greater sensory intake. Learning environments where they can touch, taste, see, really fully immerse themselves into an experience, which is funny because as a, as a person, like I'm not, I don't know all of the lingo of sports. Like baseball, football, all those. But I love going to live sports events because of the feel, the atmosphere. Right. Every, I'm going to eat peanuts. I'm going to eat nachos. Like the, like I want to experience the whole thing. And I'll say, like I remember Crystal back in the day when we would do girls retreat. She would plan things around the way that girls could, so they could experience around our theme something that they're going to taste, something that they're going to see something that they're going to hear that's centered all around that theme. So as a teacher, I'm sure she had that knowledge already that she was applying to our girls' events that we were doing at the time. So creating environments for girls to really, like I think about even our little classrooms for um, girls' ministries or even um, you have a small group for girls and you're sitting in a circle, having like a couple of different areas where maybe over here we're doing this, but then over here we're going to do something a little different. So they can just really take in different types of environments. And we're going to fly through these for the sake of time, so we have some yeah. questions at the end if you guys are watching your clocks. Uh, so G for girls was greater sensory intake. B for boys is becoming competent, right? Uh, this relates to confidence. Mm -hmm. It you know, no, no. Nobody really, but men specifically, when they when they make a mistake, when they fail at something, it is it is a major issue for them, right? It's it it, it speaks to their competency and the ability to uh, to to grow later on. So becoming competent, so creating environments where they can uh, where they can win, they can win. I, you know, one of my favorite illustrations of guaranteeing success uh, is Don Triplett and King's Castle in El Salvador, uh, and the way he runs those mission trips, right? And he does it so. And, and, and there's a science behind the way, if you were to go to King's Castle in El Salvador, the science behind the way he orchestrates and organizes those trips 
guarantees that you see success in mission trips and it, and it will help you for later on in life. It's one of the reasons why we used to say your first mission trip should always be King's Castle in El Salvador because it, it, there's some science to it. So creating environments where boys can win. Even it's just little things. Yeah. Creating environments where boys can succeed and, and just those little building blocks. But, they, the, but the B for boys is becoming competent. For girls, the I is inductive thinking, which means girls allow, need time to allow to share their thoughts and to process information. That's why um, even um, part of like uh, a time with girls might entail some craft or things like that, but also a time to have some discussion to where you might be uh, talking about a story or an illustration, or you yourself as a mentor may be sharing a personal story of something that you went through as a young girl that really means something. Like you can do that to a girl, and they're going to connect on a different level than maybe a boy would because they're thinking, okay, I can put myself in that situation and see how that could help me. So girls do learn by inductive thinking. Yeah. And the O for boys is order. Uh, don't confuse this with being quiet and peaceful. It, it's more about think of it through the, the realm of rules for a game, right? Boys want to play the game, but they also want to know the rules, right? If you dribble out of bounds, it's out of bounds to the other team's ball. They've got to have rules. There's got to be uh, rules that are consistent, that are fair, and, and so there's an order to it. So even in your environment, sometimes rhythms are important uh, to your to your systems. So we're gonna we're gonna come in the first ten minutes. We're always gonna do this. Then we're gonna do this. Then we're gonna do this. Doesn't mean you do the same thing, but the rhythms of that, the order, are very very good for boys. So O is order. R is real life application, and that's when you are teaching a girl maybe a concept and then giving them a way to live it out. So maybe you're teaching on compassion and you do a hands-on missions project that you're gonna to send to an MK or a missionary to do something, or even in their own community. There's so many great community organizations these days that you can get your girls involved in. I mean, the funny illustration for me is nursing homes are, we used to do those all the time. I don't know if people still do them. If you don't, you should. Like, we did it once with our boys and girls group, and it was so funny because we invited parents to come. Like, every kid came that has ever come we hadn't done this in years. Every single kid came. Every single parent came except the pastor. And that was because he couldn't that time. But if that uh, nursing home was packed because these kids wanted a hand-on learning experience. And, but for girls, they really want that real-life application. And they like to plan and organize. And so giving them an opportunity to be a part of that, too. Yep. Why for boys is yelling and running. Probably my favorite one, yelling and running, right? That's just one of the worst things you could do to a boy is tell them to sit down and be quiet. You know, and I, and, I, and I have to learn this as a parent. I'm still learning this as a parent because there are times I'm a little old school, and I'll be like, you will look at me when I'm talking to you. Right, that kind of thing. You look me in the eye when I'm Micah, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> he's probably going to do it the most too, right? But uh, but and, and but really, you know, I, I had to learn this. I forget who taught me this at one point. But um, instead of having a conversation like that, you sit down and listen to me, and me being authoritative with him. One of the best ways to have a conversation is maybe pick up a ball and just play catch, and talk to him while we're talk to him while we're throwing the ball back and forth, right? But yelling and running, and also it's interesting. I'm not a doctor, and I'm not trying to. Uh, I won't even, I will be, uh, no, I will say it, um, but um, because it's just interesting, I'll just say it's interesting, mm -hmm. but boys are three times more likely than girls to be diagnosed with ADHD, mm -hmm. right, three times more likely than girls, and I just, and I just, and I don't know, I'm not a doctor, and so do not quote me, I'll deny it, but I just want, it's interesting to me, and I wonder if it's just because boys are boys, they're just boys, and sometimes you got to let them just be boys, you know, I don't know, I, Again, not a doctor, just an interesting stat. <laughs> right? so. It's that frontal lobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The prefrontal cortex, right? There it is. Right. Girls need to feel L, love, and accepted. So, one of the ways we can do that for girls is creating a space where when girls are sharing with each other, that they feel safe and confident to be able to share things that are really on their heart without someone saying something negative to them, like another girl in the group. And sometimes that can be hard, but girls can be really not nice with their mouths to each other. <laughs> and so we need to make sure that we're creating good, safe, and loving environment for our girls to feel like they're loved and accepted. That's huge for a little girl. And uh, the S for boys is stretching beyond. 
Uh, and so, really, what this means is boys want to be a part of something bigger. They want to—they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves, right? They want to—they want to grow. So, vision is important for boys, and, and stretching beyond is one of the reasons why, in many times, the video game world is so attractive to boys, right? Because it, it allows them to engage in a realm. I mean, we, you could tell stories all day long about how kids have their own community with people that they may have never met before because they play. So, it—they're it, a part of a much bigger world. Uh, so it really stretches them, but in many ways, uh, helping helping boys figure out how they can, you know, the Marvel thing, being a hero, stretching, how, how can they be heroes? How can they stretch beyond their current world instead of just giving little things? How, 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 challenge them to stretch beyond their realm of, of where they're currently at and think bigger, think future, and it really, really, so stretching beyond is the S for boys, really pushing them to go beyond and go further. I was telling Andy all the time, it's my job to push the boys, it's your job to love the boys. And sometimes she gets she gets frustrated with that, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm always pushing, I'm always pushing. She's like, Tom, but he's eight. I'm like, I know, but it's my job to push him. You can love him later, but right now I'm pushing him, right? <laughs> and I love him later. Yeah, she does. I'm like, right now they're getting pushed. Right now, and, and yes, it's hard. And it's tough, and I'm, I'm pushing them. Right? I'm gonna push them beyond. You're, you can be, you can do better. You can do this. You got this. You got this. And so that stretching beyond the boys. So the last one for girls is S for speaking. So girls, yes, they like to talk traditionally, and yes, I do like to talk. But I also know that girls need to process their feelings verbally, and so allowing an opportunity that girls can talk and share um, together and get their voice heard. Sometimes it may require you to break the girls up in smaller groups. We only, if you have any experience, and boys can be this way. Some girls, I definitely feel more than others, where you have the girl or two that are the talkers. So you ask the discussion question, and she's always had, she always has the answer. She always has something to say. So even doing something as simple as passing something around and giving each girl like one minute to share. And so. What it does is it limits the girl that always feels like she has to talk because she needs to learn to listen too. But it also gives girls that might not want to talk. I don't push them to like like to talk for the whole minute, but just say something, just one little thing. But what happens is they begin to open up more and feel more safe and accept or love and accepted like the last point. Yeah, yeah. One way to do that also we've done this a handful of times would be just you know what's one word answer this question with one word go around the room. Like make have everyone kind of verbalize something. Don't make it a long dissertation. Just one word. Or what's, what's the first thing you think of when we say this? Go around the room and get everybody's response. But, but that's, I, mean, that's I, I think we could yeah. pause there. We don't have a whole lot of time left. I think we just shut down. We've got about 10 minutes, a little bit less than 10 minutes here.